Welcome to the book club that sure is not your mom's romance book club, but it is my mom's. I'm Ellen, and joining me as always uh, is my mom. Hi, mom. How's it going? I'm good. You could sound more excited about me always joining you. Yeah, I suppose I could. <laughs> I could also sound better, like, just all around, probably, right now. But Just go with it, Ellen. Just go with your sexy, deep, gravelly voice. I've got that voice. sexy, gravel voice. That, like, until, until your phlegmy cough voice. comes up. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so today we're going to be talking about Well Met by Jen DeLuca, and later we're going to discuss settings that help sell books to us. But first, Mom... What have you been reading? Okay, I had to go back a ways because um, I'm starting at Virgin River Christmas, which was yes. the last book we did at the end of last year. Yes. And I didn't read a ton. We had some busy holiday days. I mean, we had a we lot did. of family stuff going on. And, um, you know, kids driving around the country, so I had to worry about things and <laughs> makes it harder to read. But I did read two more of the Deanna Rayburn, the Veronica Speedwell books. I read mm-hmm. A Treacherous Curse, which is the third book. And I read A Dangerous Collaboration, which is a fourth book. It's really heating up. It's getting pretty spicy. And uh, I'm, I'm waiting for them to hook up. It's, I was going to say, book, you're on book they still five haven't and up. they haven't hooked up yet. <laughs> yeah. Obviously kind of, not. What kind of books are these? Romance. <laughs> and then I read Bringing Down the Duke which is the one we did last week for our mini episode. And then I read Well Met, which is the one um, we're doing today. I'm not going to lie to you guys. I took the break um, full stop. Like yeah. I basically. Because usually on, you read so much. Yeah. I wasn't <laughs> on social media, like hardly at all, um, which I'm sure a lot of you noticed. Uh, in fact, like. I wasn't on social media, and then I came back on, and I'm like, what the heck is going on with RWA? But that was a whole other thing. Um, (laughs) And then, uh, so I didn't read much, but this past week, I did listen to, um, because Jessica on our Facebook group is doing a reading challenge, like... She's she calls it the unofficial not your mom's romance, but we can call it official, Jessica. Um, but she call it's like a reading challenge where every month there's a, a topic that you're supposed to read a book for, and this different month genre is, of yeah, a different trope really. Trope. And yeah. so this um, this month was second chance and or and or fresh start. And so I read Love and Other Words by Christina Lauren. Well, I listened to it, um, and. I, I did really like the book. Here was my, my issue, was that it's told in parallel storylines of then and now, and obviously something happens in the past that makes them, you know, be distant for a really long time. And so it was building up to this moment of what happened to them. And I, like, caught on pretty early on, like, what was wrong with them and so I think that kind (laughs) of wrong with you that kind of lost some of the the emotional impact for me because I could sense what it was pretty early on and so anyway um but I still really liked it I mean it's a Christina Lauren I they're really good like um I I always really like their books and I have um, to say that second chance romance is not my favorite trope because yeah. usually and I've said this before on the podcast usually it's a stupid reason why they broke up in the first place 
or it's so horrible and then you think why on earth would you get back together with this person yeah so um the one that we read though that i was like i'm on board with this was the um mariana zapata the about where she the, had the baby yeah the next, sorry the best you, thing i just i just to- totally yeah spoiled, that like, was a today. spoiler <laughs> but um yeah the best thing or whatever it was yeah. called that one was when I was I, – I, I got on board for that one. Yeah. Um, uh, well, and uh, we're going to talk about second chance romance in our next B topic. So let's let's leave this second okay. chance romance Never mind. I'll conversation for later. Um, because we have more important things. Uh, today we are going to be talking about Well Met by Jen DeLuca. This is the first book in her Well Met series. Um also her first novel, so another debut novel. So last week we did a debut novel. Um, the second book, Well Played, will be out in September of this year, and it's about um, Stacy, her buddy at the tavern. Um, so in case you can't tell. By the way, I should say, like last month, last week we did this, I had a cold. I believe that the cold has now morphed into bronchitis. Um this week's been really crazy at work, so I haven't gone to the doctor yet, which apparently I need to do because that's what everybody keeps telling me. Um, but You're fine. You don't need to go to the doctor. <laughs> Those charlatans, they don't know what that's, they're doing. That's why, I'm, <laughs> that's why I am the way I am is because mom has that reaction. <laughs> um, okay, so because of illness, etc., cetera, um, I have been choosing sleep over writing a description so here's the back cover description it's always there's always an excuse i always Ellen. have an always. excuse that's the that's the game is like which excuse am i gonna what come excuse up with? can i use today for not writing something up okay so here's the back cover description all's fair with an e wink in love and war for two sworn enemies who indulge in a harmless flirtation in a laugh out loud rom-com from debut offered author jen deluca Emily knew there would be strings attached when she relocated to the small town of Willow Creek, Maryland for the summer to help her sister recover from an accident, but who could anticipate getting roped into volunteering for the local Renaissance Fair alongside her teenage niece, or that the irritating and inscrutable school teacher in charge of the volunteers would be so annoying that she finds it impossible to stop thinking about him. The fair is Simon's family legacy, and from the start he makes clear he doesn't have time for Emily's light-hearted approach to life her oddball Shakespeare conspiracy theories, or her endless suggestions for new acts to shake things up. Yet on the fairgrounds, he becomes a different person, flirting freely with Emily when she's in her revealing wench's costume. But is this attraction real or just part of the characters they're portraying? Uh, This summer, it was only ever supposed to be a pit stop on the way to somewhere else for Emily, but soon she can't seem to shake the fantasy of establishing something more with Simon or a permanent home of her own in Willow Creek. Um, okay, Mom, what did you think of Well Met? Ellen, I really liked this book. I mean, I really liked it. I really liked it as well. Shy of a Love, I had a few... A few yeah, likewise. Um, character issues. But um, for the most part, I thought it was a lot of fun. I, I don't know if I'd call it laugh out loud funny, but it was definitely enjoyable to read and yeah and there was a lot of fun things that happened and um yeah I really really liked it a lot yes um yeah I'm same I uh 
Singular male listener Jason in his comments says that uh, it's, he's like, there's something missing and I can't quite pinpoint what it is. And I think I'm kind of the same. Um, there was things about, we'll, we'll talk about later as we get into questions that kind of bothered me, but I don't even think that was really it. But um, I did find the setting and the premise really fun and I thought they were, they were fun. So it's it's a really like for me, not quite a love, but um, yeah, I really liked it. Uh, so mom, what did you think of Emily slash Emma as our heroine? I really liked Emily slash Emma. Um, I really liked her and I, I want to really establish the fact that I thought she was a lot of fun. I liked how <laughs> giving and caring she was. Yeah. I loved I can when see where this is going because I'm the same. So she got into character. I had a couple. Here's here was my issue with her is she was kind of like stand up to every and I get she'd been kind of knocked down Burned. a peg or two yeah. by her previous boyfriend. But the same girl who's like, I'm just going to go over to his house and ask him what's going on. I mean, she's like pretty ballsy and is right up front with him. But then like when her boss, when she has to talk to her boss and she's like cringing and scared and cowering, I'm like, where is this coming from? You were totally ballsy talking to what's his name, talking to Simon about, you know, your your relationship. And here you're cowarding and scared about talking to your boss about whether or not, you know, you're going to get fired. Yeah. It, um, it just seemed, it seemed uh, at odds with itself. Yeah. She's sweet. She's sassy. All things I like. I did write down this line because it made me laugh. Um, because she tells him that he needs more entertainment. He's like, so what, am I just supposed to pull an extra bard out of my ass now? She's like, not a bad idea. Maybe it would dislodge the stick that's up there. I thought that was a great line. That was funny. Um, she did drive me a little nuts, um, with her insecurities, which, I mean, someone could talk to me and say the same thing about me. But, um, it was... Yeah, like you said, it was at odds with other things that we'd seen of her. And I kept thinking of this uh, this John Mulaney bit, who's a comedian, and I love him. And he's talking about how he likes dating a Jewish girl who he's now married to because he says, when you're dating Jewish women, you never have to wonder what's troubling them. And that he <laughs> dated a Gentile woman once who was moping around, and he asked what the problem was. And she said, you wouldn't understand if I told you. <laughs> it's like, what am I supposed to do with that? And... <laughs> There was a lot of that with Emily. There was just a lot of, um, like, she expresses that she's insecure about them because he never asked her out. This is just an example. Like, he never asked, Simon never asked her out on a first date just like her previous boyfriend did. And I'm like, that's, and she kind of is like, oh, no, it's not a big deal, but you like obviously can tell it's a big deal otherwise she wouldn't be bringing it up and just that whole that whole thing of like oh it's not a big deal um and i'm probably very guilty of this too as i'm saying this but um but i don't know just like if something's bothering you bothering you just say it like right um well our problem with these books always is communication yeah. breakdowns but um to me, it was just the inconsistencies in, in her character. Yeah, and I get that. And that she was, like, totally ballsy and standing up for, at one minute, and then the next minute she's scared and cowering and, and sheepish about things. And it's like, uh, how how are you the same person? Yeah, well, it's just like, it's, it's like, just 
just say it. Like you, ha- you've shown that you have no problem, like saying yeah. what's bothering yeah. you. So just say it. And, um, I don't know. There was just things that she was, okay. The other thing, the other moment where I was like, seriously is when um he's like i'm gonna woo your ass off and she's like okay and then it goes to the next chapter and she's like well it's been a week and i haven't been wooed and it's and it's talking about how he like took her out on this really nice date and all this stuff and i'm like what the heck that's it like <laughs> how is that not being wooed and then no, i wasn't wooed and it's like mm, yeah you know you complained that your other boyfriend never took you on a date and here he just yeah. took you on a nice dinner and movie kind yeah. of date which you know i don't know what you're expecting from a date but yeah and like, you know, he does, he, he even's like, you know, oh no, that has, you haven't been wooed yet. Like it's coming. And I don't know, there was a lot of times where like the people around her were like upholding her, her insecurities and irrational behavior. And it was annoying me, including him and her, her sister and things like that. And I was just yeah. like, no, like I'm all for like, supporting people in, like, the way that they feel and things like that, except for when it seems irrational to me. If it seems irrational, like, and my friends will be the first ones to tell you this because there's many times where I've been like, okay, but maybe, like, you're being a little out of, (laughs) out of touch here. And, um, and so, I don't know, there. So she, she kind of annoyed me. We're still going to talk more about this because. Well, and her. (laughs) Since we're dogging on, you know, Emily, um, her relationship with her sister, she kept complaining that, oh, we've never been like good sisters. We've never done this kind of stuff. And then she's talking about how her sister lived there and she used to babysit her baby. And I'm like, how can you not, how can you say you haven't been like close sisters when you've done all these things for each other? Yeah. I mean, like, I get that there's, there is going to be like some distance in a, like sister's that are a year apart versus 12 years apart or whatever right. it was that they were. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I don't, there was just, there was many times where I'm like, what, what are you expecting here? Hun? Yeah, like, exactly. <laughs> let's, let's talk. Let's rap about this. Um, okay. What did you think of Simon slash captain Ian Blackthorne as our hero? Well, I, I really like Simon and I, I mean, he obviously had, issues that he needed to get over and he yeah. you know that was his journey in the book and uh and I, I like that they both did have like you know their own right. things that they needed to work through and I liked how you know her saying that to Chris about can you please make sure that he's okay you know I think he takes this on and you guys all just assume that he's good with it but I think I think he's kind of overdoing it and you I, and so that's what made him think oh she still cares about me you know I I she's right I am taking on and so I I really liked how that played out how Mm -hmm. which was kind of part of the conflict and usually conflicts we have a problem with but um so I mean there was a grand gesture obviously at the end of the book but I liked how that gave him hope and made him realize you know I I need to keep this well and made him realize like okay she she's like the one who gets me because I'm surrounded by all these people who have never noticed that and right. she's been here for a couple months and she realizes that, you know. Right. So. Um, yeah, and I like I liked that a lot about that. Yeah. He's got some grumpy hero alert sounding, which yes. we know I like. Um, and then Sarah brought up on Facebook that he reminded her of Captain Hook from Once Upon a Time. Mom, how do you think I felt about that news? <laughs> 
I think that you probably thought that was perfect. <laughs> and then Shelby on Facebook informed us that Captain Hook from Once Upon a Time was the main character inspiration for the author and that apparently Jen DeLuca is a fan of of Captain Hook as well. There you go. I am very up in your business. I am very much a fan (laughs) of Captain Hook for once upon a time. I think I've mentioned this before, but like for a long time, I had a cardboard cutout of him in in my room when I lived in LA. Um, He, if, listen, I mean, I think that show kind of got off the rails, but I kept watching for, and sometimes I would go back and just rewatch like his moments from the show or like his and her, like, cause he ends up with the main character. And, um, so then I would just go back and like fast forward and watch their moments. Cause I was always the best part. And if you want to fight me on that, like come at me. Um, but yes. So when well, a really, a really fun thing about this story and especially cause I'm trying to bring it back to, you know, the book that we're talking about. <laughs> No, But a fun thing about this story, and especially about Simon's character, I mean, the, you could kind of see it in both characters, but especially in his character, is that he's playing this part of this swashbuckling pirate. So it's fun yeah. to see him all starched and straight, straight laced. And then yeah. he gets to play this, you know, swagger, full pirate. And yeah. Like, oh, yeah. So, yeah. I mean, that was a fun aspect of the story. Yeah, for sure. Um And all of that talk about Captain Hook is relevant because, yes, like, what I love about that character is, like, oh, the swagger for days and just, like, the looks that he would give her. And so I was taking those and, like, implanting them on Simon. So that was really doing things for me, you know. And even when she's talking about, you know, like, the coal on his eyes and and the (sighs) earring and all that kind of stuff and him letting his hair grow out and his little beard and it's like, gosh, yes. (laughs) Yeah. So... All of that, all of that was really working for me. So that really probably colored my perception and love for Simon because I just love that character so much. Um, And yeah, like you said, I liked his like somewhat split personality and how he could kind of like float between these two. Like, and it was really frustrating to her because it would be like, oh, Simon's back. I don't get to have fun with the pirate (laughs) anymore. She was never quite sure who she was dealing with at the time. Yeah. Um... So, and then I like that kind of part of his journey, like we said, was like kind of him trying, like being able to kind of incorporate both of those more into his everyday life and kind of bring some of that swagger that he has from his pirate persona into his more everyday life with her. Um, okay, mom, how much do you want to go to a Ren fair now? <laughs> I would really like to go. To, I actually went to a Renaissance fair in San Francisco when I was a kid. I guess they used to have them all the time. But um, when I say kid, I was probably early teens. Yeah. Um, but I remember thinking it was totally fun. And I haven't been to one since. And I would really like to. I've been to Dickens fairs, like around Christmas time kind of things. So but like, I, I haven't been to a Renaissance fair in years. No Yomo meetup maybe at a Ren yeah. fair? That'd be yeah. Fun. Um, but yeah i i want to go to ren fair but i really want to go to this specific one and hang out with these people (laughs) yeah especially if mitch is going to be walking around in a oh my gosh yes yeah so um and i'm assuming he's going to get a book yeah um i think someone on facebook said he's getting a book with her sister uh do i like that i'm not sure i like that well she she's like a lot older than him well He's the same. Well, I know. 
I get it. Um, but, I'm pretty yeah. sure that's who somebody said that he's getting a book. With. I'm a, I, I'm, I was sure that her sister would get a book and that Mitch would get a book and then Stacy. And am I wrong? Does Stacy's book take place during this book? So I read the like excerpt for Stacy's book. So it looks like it looks like she's hooking up with someone during this book, you know, because that's who she's kind of meeting up with and going on dates. And then the events of hooking up with that guy in this book carry over to the next summer, which is when the next book takes place. So, like, I think that Stacy's book kind of opens around this Ren Faire, but then the bulk of it takes place okay. around the next one. Okay. Because, I, I mean, I know she was hooking up with someone, and I thought, well, maybe this is, maybe her story is going to take place during this story. Like, they'd overlap. Okay. Her 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 book sounds cute. The description I read, and I'm like, well, she I'm was a board. cute character. She was a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah she was. In uh, fact, this book had really good side characters. There were a lot of really good side characters, which is great for a you know first series. Book, yeah, because you're setting up the series. And I'm so you know talking about how much we want to go to Ren Fair. I'm excited that all of them are going to kind of be around this. Ren Fair because yeah. I thought it was really fun and I like kind of seeing these characters in their you know dual personas and things like that so um, I think that that makes for a fun kind of setting for this whole series and I'm, I'm excited to kind of not only have this first one but all of the books in the series set around that so I think yeah. it'll be good okay so they both show some insecurity here. We've already talked about it to a certain extent with her. Um, with him, it kind of seems like it's with him thinking that she wanted Mitch. And with her, it's kind of <laughs> everything else. Uh, <laughs> but what did you think of that for both of them? What did you think of how that kind of like played into the conflict and et cetera? Well, I could tell early on, I mean, pretty early on that she wasn't, interested in Mitch I mean that was I mean when I say not interested there's a lot of guys that are like very nice to look at but yeah. you're like yeah this is this is not gonna go anywhere yeah. and I think that's what it was with her and Mitch and um but with that being said I can see from an outward perspective why he might think that she's interested in Mitch right. first of all she's like full-on ogling him like early on and then onward and then um and then they become friends, pretty, like, pretty tight friends. Yeah. And I think that you can tell Simon kind of has this long-held insecurity about losing things slash girls to Mitch and his right. brother and just kind of always being in the shadow of Mitch and his brother. So I think that he's going to instinctually be quick to kind of just assume that Mitch gets everything that right. he could possibly want kind of thing. Right. Um, yeah. And yeah. Um, so, yeah, so that was a great insecurity for him. He was obviously, like you said, he's obviously used to being, like, passed over for, you know, better-looking, more outgoing guys than he was. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's where his kind of insecurity came with her. And, you know, her insecurities come from her previous relationship where, you know, she was kind of used and then passed over and uh she just kind of felt like she wasn't deserving of of good guys which totally crappy situation like my heart yeah. goes out to her in yeah 
and like totally just getting railroaded like that. I felt like she kind of blew things slightly out of proportion at his reaction to, um, like she takes it really personally when he doesn't instantly like express his excitement that she's staying and I don't know. I kind of got where she was coming from with that. And I think, and I think that she needed to call him on it because I think she needed to call him on it, but I don't think she needed to instantly be like, we're done. And like, just stop talking to him for a couple weeks. And Um, I I could see her getting pissed off and then just like, you need to evaluate what your priorities are in your life. Yeah. But I mean, her saying, really, that's your takeaway from what I just said. (laughs) You're worried about the Ren fair. Did you notice that I mentioned that I was going to stick around for a while? Because he really didn't like yeah. hone in on that at all and I can get her being you know hurt by that I yeah it's like I said but I yeah get, I, I, I do get think being... she overreacted it's like we're done I'm through with you yeah I get that that was I agree that was an overreaction but I think it would be cool to call him on it and say you need to really check your priorities agreed. here agreed I totally yes I totally agree that he needed to be called on it but I think that I think that I think that it's okay that maybe his like initial like gut reaction is especially because he just went through like planning that whole Ren fair and now he's like and now another freaking person is gonna leave and I have to plan this thing even more on my own and so like I get that like your gut reaction because yeah is like uh like but then he should have quickly been like yeah. So I'm fine with her calling on him on it, but I did not love that it's like call him on it, and then it's like I guess we're broken up now, and it's like, and she walks off. I don't know. Yeah. I didn't like that. Whole Especially thing, since but. she knew. I mean, she was well aware that he was like struggling with this kind of yeah. stuff, and that this was a struggle in his life, and the whole thing about losing his brother. I mean, she was aware of the fact that he was using this as kind of a, a way to like pay homage to his brother, and you know, too much so obviously and she was aware of all that so to call him on it and then say we're done i'm breaking up with you that seemed a little harsh well and also the way she like he's gone he's not coming back was i thought slightly harsh and um you know i think there's a way to like gently say to him like I get that you want to do this for your brother, but I think you need to like take a step back and evaluate how much of this you're doing like for your brother's honor and how much you need to like let go of the reins, you know, in order to do so. And, um, so I thought, I thought that whole like blow up was slightly irrational in my opinion, but I do think Elements of it needed to happen, but I thought that the way that it happened was not, like, my favorite. The one insecurity that I really kind of got and understood was the whole thing with her, especially early on when things were happening, and she was like, okay, so he's kissing me. So is he kissing me as, you know, Blackthorn, or is he kissing me as Simon? And, And her confusion is to, is he playing a character, or is this a real thing, or, you know, what's... So how much, because, like, he calls her Emma in in that blow-up, and she right. gets pissed. How much do you think 
I don't think that, that's fair because Emma and Emily are practically the same name. <laughs> okay. So and, Thank you. and for someone who gets names wrong, like on a regular basis, I rarely even call my own children by their right name. Yeah. Um, you know, I had to have his back on that one. But uh Well, and he's been like spending the whole summer like having to call her Emma. And so the fact that he like called her Emma, I was like Okay, let's calm down. Like, I I get, I would maybe be like, oh, it's Emma now. Like, I would, like, tease him about it, but yeah. I wouldn't, like, full-on blow up at him about it. But anyway. whatever. You know, every story needs a conflict. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, okay, let's talk about sex, baby. Therein, right By there. the way, Nara tweeted that, she can't hear that song the same way and because of us, and that brought me a lot of joy. So uh, what did you think of the sex in this book? Um, that right there uh, would have made me not break up with him right away because it sounded like he was, you know, pretty attentive in that area. Quite so, skilled. Yeah, so let's just, you know, let's cut him some slack. Because <laughs> you're giving up. Because you know, he woos your ass that. off and then he, you know, yeah. does and other things just like, as well. Oh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, you know, let's let's stick with the good stuff and yeah. overlook some bad stuff for that. <laughs> Not overlook, but call him on it instead of just walking away from it. I think I always, have too, have a problem with, like, when I get people having... I get people having, like, baggage from previous relationships. But based on, like, what we knew about the previous relationship, I couldn't understand, like, assuming that Simon is going to go the way of this previous relationship. Because right. he seems so different from yeah. the and guy we, that she Like, we don't for. know everything, so maybe there was, you know, this first relationship started off the same way. I think his name was Jake or something, right? Yeah, some some basic white guy name, um, <laughs> but <laughs> um, but anyway, yeah, the sex. Uh, okay, so it's been a couple days now since I finished this book. I I sat down to wrote questions, and I'm like, I can't remember like much about the sex in this one, other than like he was skilled in the mouth department. That was. <laughs> My main that was take- mentioned. That was my main takeaway. Um, <laughs> and I'm not referring to kissing necessarily, if you follow me. I um, did I did like, though, <laughs> and maybe this is the school teacher in me, but it's always fun to hear a school teacher who's super straight-laced and super uptight and then, you know, talking dirty. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like, okay, I, I, I appreciate <laughs> what's going on right and here. i did like how she would like you can't swear your teacher or things yeah like that. you can't you use that mouth to teach children yeah <laughs> um, and i did like the moment when she had to warn him that her bodice provided false advertising for <laughs> what she had going on upstairs kind of thing. i could i could understand that i could get yeah. that yeah um what was your swooniest moment mom well i was thinking about that and it was hard for me to pin it down but I loved all the times when he was the pirate trying to, you know, flirt with her. I thought that that was fun because it was so different than how he usually treated her that it would, it made it kind of out of left field. And I really 
It's I really thought there was going to be a moment where he got to win one of the chess matches to like I impress so her. Yeah. You know, um, I kept thinking that was going to happen because that he, he and kind Mitch of were like, going to work it out that because she's like he loses every time. And I yeah. thought, yeah, that he and Mitch were going to work it out so that he won one. But um, but it was cute. And the little uh, I liked the little grand gesture at the end. But I did like the Day of the Roses when he had people bringing her roses all day long. I thought that was really cute. That was yeah. pretty swoony. I think I um, I really liked the initial hand fasting ceremony because uh-huh. I, I think that's kind of like what sets off, you know, their whole Well, it sets mance. off the whole, um, yeah, like she's like, this is out of left field. I didn't even yeah. realize that. And so I think that's when it first like, well, maybe he is interested in not just being snarly with her. Yeah. And um, as soon as, you know, like the queen, quote unquote, the queen says, like, you'll have a year and a day to decide if you're going to maintain this. I was like, well, that's going to come up again. Um, (laughs) And does it, Ellen? Yes. Um, And so, yeah, I liked all of the hand fasting stuff and how that obviously plays a big part in the grand gesture. But I really liked that initial one just because that kind of sets off um, their whole thing that they've got going but i did like the one at the end where he he's just himself he's simon you know he's yeah. not dressed like the pirate and so she knows it's not a part it's not he's not just playing yeah this is a real thing yeah for sure okay so let's read what some of the listeners thought of this book as well um so shannon says i loved the romantic gestures in this book and the premise was great Loved the description of the scenes and the romance, but this was just a like for me. I have trouble when the heroine is so self-deprecating. Emily's constant thoughts of doubt was very off-putting after a while. It took the romance right out of the ending for me. I get into my head a lot, so I can relate, but I just found myself ready to slap her after a while. Loved the ending, though. Um, Yeah, I think that... I think, like... We're used to the self, we're used to self, de- I mean, like, this is the whole thing about, like, how women are so hard on themselves, right? Um, like, we're used to our own self-deprecating, but it's hard to, like, see other people doing it. And, you know, um, and it can be frustrating because you're like, I realize how amazing you are. Like, why don't you? And so, um, you know, just as how I get frustrated with like friends of mine and things like that who get down on themselves about certain things like it's sometimes hard to like accept it in our heroines I think um so that's kind of I mean so that's my takeaway from Emily is that I just like come on girl you've got it like you're you're killing it at that bookstore like own up to it um yeah and that's why I was so I mean sometimes she was just totally ballsy and would stand up to everything and then other times she was just so you know, so insecure about stuff. And it's like, yeah, how are you the same person? I should say, again, we've talked about this before, but I feel like I've ragged on this book. I I did really like it. I just was, I would like, like Shannon, I would get frustrated with, with her and um, with Emily. And so uh, anyway, but I did, I did really enjoy the book. Uh, Okay, mom, do you want to read what Catherine had to say? I will read what Catherine's had to say. OMG, this book is going to do so much for Renaissance Fair ticket sales and volunteer recruitment that Jen should really get a kickback. (laughs) 
It's probably true. Yeah. I have never read a book where the tamest moments were so freaking swoony. There's a couple innocuous moments that are super hot somehow. I like mm-hmm. how you get to see all the Renfair stuff, but it's still true to the characters. Like, I wanted her to go to the thing at the end of the day, but it made sense to her character that she didn't. And we got enough fair content without it. It is funny how many authors want the characters available during the day. They make them teachers and set the book during break. In reality, that time is used for catching up on chores and Netflix. Um <laughs> true (laughs) and it you know people talk about you getting your whole summer off but really as a teacher i maybe would have six weeks that you know of usual time when in reality also don't if anyone says that we get paid for a whole year and we get you know the whole summer off here's the deal you get paid for like 10 months of work you don't get paid for time you're not working so don't ever ever say that to me i'll slap you in the face um and then she says btw Book three is about April and Mitch. So I told you. There you go. Okay. Sarah said, when I first came across this book and read that it had a grumpy buttoned up hero who was a swarthy pirate, who has a swarthy pirate alter ego at a Ren Fair, I was like, sign me up. Um, I adored this book. It was one of my favorite reads of last year. It was funny and sad, swoony and really charming. Um, 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 it was Sarah who said, also, I've never seen Once Upon a Time, but the hook character is how I envisioned Simon Waggles eyebrows. Mm-hmm. And then Shelby is who said, that's who he's based off of. The author loves Hook. She's always sharing gifts of him on Twitter. Um, I will need to pay more attention to her Twitter, apparently. <laughs> yes, Ellen, get on that. Uh, Mom, Natalie, would you like to read what Natalie said? I will. I adored this book. Maybe it's not... Maybe it's got some flaws or whatever, but honestly, I didn't care because I was having so much fun reading it. And I would well, say that's where I came at, at too. Yeah. Even though there's things about it that bug me, I really, overall, it was a super fun read. I think, honestly, I think if I was just reading this book just like for the heck of it and not knowing I needed to talk about it, I would have enjoyed it like a hundred times more. And it would have been right. like, and a, a love for me. Um, right. I think having to dissect it, I I found this thing about Emily more annoying than I would have normally. But it's it's a book that's enjoyable as I'll get out, right? And, like, all right. this stuff is really cute and fun. So I, I think that's kind of where my, my feelings from it come from. Uh, Elizabeth says, I loved this book. Even though I find Renfest's to be annoyingly dorky. I thought the heroine did a great job of commiserating with reluctant fest goers, but by the end, she sold even me on the concept. I guess I didn't know alcohol was an option at these. And hand fasting, maybe I need to go back. Uh, when Simon said he was going to woo her, that was maybe my favorite line of the year. Swoony, fun, romantic as hell. This was everything I've ever wanted. Uh, Cassie, mom? I like the Renaissance Fair setting. It was cute, unique, and funny. I like the side characters, and I, but didn't really like Emily or Simon. <laughs> That's interesting. Uh, they were both too beta for my liking, and neither of them took enough of an in- initiative with starting and developing their relationship. I know this is a well-loved and hyped book, but it was just a like for me. 
Jessica says, I thoroughly enjoyed this book and thought it was absolutely charming. As someone who loves a good Renaissance festival, even especially drinking mead, seeing the body poet, and watching amazingly amazing jousts at my local Florida Renaissance festival, I appreciated all the little Ren Fest details and was surprised at how well the festival served as backdrop for the romance between Simon and Emily. Also, who doesn't love a hot English teacher who moonlights as a rogue swashbuckling pirate? The setting definitely made this book a memorable read for me. Oh, and Simon and Emily had a great back and forth banter. I think the author did a great job of introducing the reader to Willow Creek and its residents. Mitch in particular is a great side character. Overall, the premise slash setting of the book really worked for me, and I will definitely be reading the next book in the series when it comes out. Also, I am going to a Q&A and book signing next month with my mom. Cute. And Jen DeLuca is one of the authors who will be attending. Can't wait to meet her. Perfect. Awesome. Yeah. Um, and yay for going to book signings with your mom. Yeah. Ellen loves it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I loved, like we said, I loved the Renaissance Fest and... Uh, we're going to talk more about settings in the second half, so I'll kind of leave some of that for that. But, Mom, would you like to read what Shelby had to say? I will. I love this book. Pirates have always been my fave, so between that and the connections to Captain Hook, I was sold. Emily was enjoyable, and I found myself connecting with her a lot. I've only been to one Ren Faire back in high school, and I thought it was pretty lame, but this made me want to go to one. I've never been to one, so... Um, I, I want, I want to check one out now. Mom, do you want to read what, uh, Megan also had to say? I will. This book was super cute. I really liked it. Liked, not loved. There were definitely some swoony moments and I enjoyed the romance between Emily and Simon. I always have a thing for heroes named Simon. Not sure what that's about, but I have to say the best stuff in this book is the setting. The fair is so quirky, the town is so adorable, and the side characters are just delightful. I felt like I was falling in love with the town right along with Emily. I had a great time reading this story, and I might have been fooled into overrating it, but day before reading but day before reading this, I finished another small town romance, Rock Bottom Girl by Lucy Score, which I absolutely adored. Coming in so fresh off of a true five-star read, this had to come in at four stars. I think the best way I can describe it is the difference between finishing the book and saying, ah, and finishing the book, clasping to your chest and audibly sighing. Although I'm not a stickler for dual POV in romance, I think this book might have benefited from the addition of Simon's POV. I could see that. Yeah, that's interesting. Um, Yeah, I think... Because we've talked before about, like, one POV versus two. And this one, it's obviously not a mystery that he's into her. Like, it, like we've talked about, like, hating game and things like that, where it needs to be one, one POV. Um, yeah, I could see that this one could have benefited maybe from, from having him. It would have been fun to hear his thoughts on like her and her costume and, and you know, yeah. or the change between, you know, him, you know, his thoughts as they were, you know, well, now I'm a pirate. So now I get to do this with her, you know, as I don't know. It would have been fun to hear his thoughts. And it's funny that Megan says the thing about always being a stickler for character, like always being a fan of of heroes named Simon, because I, I'm opposite. <laughs> 
because <laughs> one of my best friend's husband's name is Simon. And so <laughs> I can't, like, I have a hard time with falling for the hero's I'm name trying Simon. to think of, the only one I can think of is the Bridgerton book, but wasn't Daphne's we, husband a Simon? Yeah, there, there's a lot of uh, Regency heroes named Simon. Um, and then the rock bottom girl, a lot of you have been saying that that's a good one. Maybe I'll read it for the reading challenge or we'll have to add it to a future list at some point. Um, uh, okay. Uh, at KendiLC56 on Instagram said, I loved this book. It was a book I needed to read. I was facing some similar struggles in my life. This was a subgenre I don't normally read, contemporary, and it gave me the push to read, me, to read more rom-coms. I think that's great. I think... If you like romance books, you should just read everything because they're all good. Every every subgenre has something good in it. Um, Samantha Samantha on Facebook said, as a Renfair junkie, I was so excited to read this book and was not expecting the severe shivers to my timbers. Uh, ye old <laughs> lords have mercy. <laughs> Can we take a moment to appreciate how there, uh, how there is this body spray commercial meat head that is somehow so endearing and charming. I was really surprised by how much I liked Mitch. You look cute tonight, though. We can make out if you want. <laughs> Best boy material here. <laughs> that was but funny. But Simon, <laughs> wowza, Captain. Brace yourself. I'm going to woo your ass off. Aye, aye, sir. Permission to come aboard anytime. <laughs> Samantha, <laughs> great, great comment. Um, okay, Mom, do you want to read what Aaron had to say? Sure. Who's that? This book was Huzzah. one of my top three. Huzzah. 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 Oh. I'm doing, uh, what is it? Son of a woman. Yeah, I was going to say you're doing like Al Pacino version of Huzzah. Yeah. There you go. Um, sorry. This book was one of my top three favorites of 2019. So I was pumped to see it make the lineup. I love pretty much everything about this book. The fun and unique setting of the Ren Fair. The Enemies to Lovers is done so well. I never cringed like I usually do. Grumpy Hero shedding his grumpiness for a hot pirate persona. <laughs> but yeah. yeah. Well, love, I'd be fighting for you. That would be a fight worth winning. Swoon. And I always find myself drawn to heroines that are in the middle of finding themselves, their communities. So Emily's journey with her sister and the town choked me up a bit. The book is a love for me. Yeah, I think, um, and I like kind of going back to also what Megan said and what Aaron said. I do like the, I do like the trope of the heroine kind of finding her home, you know, in these usually small towns is usually where it happens. It seems very Hallmark movie-esque. Uh, yeah, I guess, yeah. <laughs> that could be where I, where it comes from for me. Um, so yeah, I like that element of this one as well, especially since the town is so cute in this one. Um, Alexandra says, overall, I enjoyed this book, but my hopes were just a bit too high, I think. A romance novel set at a renaissance festival? Sign me up. This book did have those two things, but it ended up being a bit more of a story about a girl and her family finding their home in a small town. To start, there was just a bit more setup than I'd have liked. They don't actually get to the fair until about page 95. And I did tell mom, I was like, you're going to like it once the Ren Fair starts more. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, Alexander continues. Once they were there, I loved the world, all the characters and the interactions. I thought that Emily's wench persona, Emily, Emma's interaction with Simon's pirate persona, a pirate captain, were fantastic. I loved the chemistry and the banter. I wanted more of that. I did appreciate that Emily made the move to figure out 
how much of their relationship was left at the fair versus real, but the continued worry about that was a lot for me. I didn't understand all of their miscommunication. I like where things ended up and this will become and that this will become a series. I like the town and the everyday characters too, so I'm excited to see where this will go. Overall, I just wanted more tension and swoony moments and more of the actual fair. I think uh I think Alexandra and I are pretty much that's kind of where I fell with the book as well. Um, yeah, which we've talked about. Uh, Mom, Jesse, would you like to read what Jesse had to say? Yes. I've been thinking about this book since I read it. I thought it was an adorable take on the enemies to lovers trope, and I loved the chemistry between Emily and Simon. The Ren Fair was a really fun and unique setting, and I enjoyed all the townies and the quirky details. Ditto. Lori says, this was such a fun book, definitely one of my most enjoyable reads of 2019. Emily and Simon were fun to root for separately and as a couple. The way he felt both trapped and utterly determined to honor his brother's legacy made for very believable tension, and Emily's slow realization that she found where she belonged was thoroughly gratifying. Because of her history, I understood her struggle to trust her own judgment, but in general, these kinds of assumed misunderstandings are totally frustrating for me as a reader. But that was my only real complaint. The Ren Fair was such a fun b- backdrop for this story. The Sunni pirate and the saucy wench were great personas for these two to put on while they figured out how they really felt about each other. Simon's grand gesture at the end to show Emily she mattered more to him than his beloved fair. Gah! And then in the epilogue, how he came back a year and a day later. Double gah! He was such a broody, sentimental, swoony hero. Um, Mom, would you like to read what singular male listener Jason had to say? I would love to read what Jason had to say. I liked the book a good deal. I enjoyed both Emily and Simon, and I thought the fair was fun. But there was something missing in this one for me. But for the life of me, I don't know what it was. And then finally, Jennifer says, I read this book last year, so I don't remember some of the plot points, but I do know this was one of my favorite reads from last year. I was pleasantly surprised by how much I liked it. It was a four star for me when uh, 90% of what I read gets three. I really enjoyed the run fair setting. I felt like it added an interesting element to the story that kept me engaged since I knew nothing about Renaissance fairs going into it. I'm looking forward to the second one in the series. Yeah, ditto. I mean, like, for everything that I've said about the book, I I do look forward to someday reading the rest of the series. (laughs) We'll see when that happens. Um, Mom, any final thoughts on Well Met? Uh, No, I I feel like we kind of dogged on it. I really, really liked it, and I enjoyed the read. Yeah, likewise. There there were just some little hiccups there that I, yeah, that made me go, eh. But for the most part, I really enjoyed it. Yeah, likewise. Um, so those are our thoughts and some of your thoughts on Well Met by Jen DeLuca. We would love to hear more from you on our Facebook page, our Facebook group, which is not your mom's Facebook group. Go join that. We have a lot of fun on there. Our Goodreads group, our Twitter, which is at NotYourMom'sRom, which is also our Instagram. Or you can email us at NotYourMom'sRomanceBookClub at gmail.com. So if you want to read along with us and email us with your thoughts, or if you would like to suggest a book for us to read, we'd love to hear from you. On January 20th, we will be discussing all the... The All the King's Men duet by Kennedy Ryan in our next mini episode, which I'm sure will end up being a very long episode. Uh, <laughs> so that the All the King's Men duet is two books. It's The Kingmaker and The Rebel King. And yes, we are going to be talking about both of them. Uh, so for now, we're going to take a break. And when we come back, we'll be talking about settings in books and the ones that sell us. So stay with us. 
It's time for a break. It's time for a break. The break is when we do the news and mail. Wow. Are you going through puberty? That's my bronchitis. Uh, listen, I've spent most of the week sounding like a prepubescent boy. So I I was on the phone with someone at work and they were like, I'm sorry, I didn't catch that. You keep your phone keeps cutting out. I'm like, oh, no, it's not my phone. It's my voice that like cuts out on every other word. It's fun. You sound like on Wayne's World when they're ordering the donuts at the... Okay, so a little bit of news, which we've talked about before, but we are going to be at KissCon in Chicago uh, from April 17th to the 19th. If any of you are in that area, um, even if you don't have tickets, it would be fun to like organize a lunch or something with everybody. So if you are going to be there or in the area let us know um i know there's going to be a few of us there but and we're already talking about meeting up with those people but the more the merrier uh we would love to meet more of you um and then we have an email from sarah she says hey ladies so i know you must be maxed out with rex always but i'm sending this in anyway i wouldn't add more on you on for you unless it was truly epic i swear so this one is a Lorraine Heath called Waking Up with the Duke. It's a crazy ass plot, but oh, what a story. The heroine's husband was paralyzed in a carriage accident and can't have kids. So he asks his cousin, who has always been in love with the heroine, to give his wife the baby that she so desperately wants. So crazy, it just might work, lol. So yes, we have consent all the way around and no secrets about it. They are both horrified at the idea at first, her more than him, but they come around. So much more happens and I don't want to give it away, but I wanted you to have an idea of the crazy plot. I couldn't put this one down and so hope you consider it for an episode in the future. Takes care, Sarah. So I swear I've read this book, but Goodreads says I haven't, but it sounds so familiar. Um, And I I feel like I have. And I the thing with Lorraine Heath is I've I've read a lot of Lorraine Heath and she was one of those that like I kind of binged hardcore early on when I wasn't um, reading a lot of uh, when I wasn't tracking all of them on Goodreads because I didn't want people to know what books I was reading. Um, (laughs) But uh, maybe I have, maybe I haven't, but it sounds like a crazy ass plot, as Sarah says. So um, maybe we'll have to. I love Lorraine Heath. She's she's really good. Um, and she's going to be at KissCon, by the way. She was I at KissCon last year. She was at KissCon last year. I'm pretty sure she's going to be there again this year. But um, anyway, uh, that does sound crazy. And I am curious as to how all that works out because she's already married. So that's interesting. Yeah. Especially for a historical to have that kind of. Yeah, for sure. Crazy stuff going on. <clears throat> okay. Uh, so that's it for the news and mail. Again, if you're going to be at KissCon, let us know. Um, and, you know, just another plug to go join the Facebook group because that's where most of all of this happens these days. <laughs> I'm not very active. In fact, I realized I forgot to post on Twitter about this episode. So oops, <laughs> I'm oops. falling behind. Um, anyway, yeah. so go join the Facebook group. And... I might have to fire you and find a new daughter that can do this for me. <laughs> good, yeah, good luck with that. <laughs> Um, Okay, so we'll see you for the next break segment. Bye. Welcome back. Given how much we loved the setting of 
well met, we thought it would be fun to talk about other settings that have stood out in books for us. Uh, We were in need of a B topic for today's episode and reached out for ideas on the Facebook group. And Samantha said, if this is for well met, then I would recommend settings that sell the book. There are books I will buy even if I don't know the author, even if it's extra expensive or the premise doesn't even strike me as interesting. Um, and I thought that would be a good topic. We've, we've talked before about settings, but I thought we would kind of talk more about, um, uh, what about a certain setting is going to sell the book for us and some settings that have kind of like stood out for us in the past. Um, first and foremost for me, the setting is always going to, the setting is going to be a selling point if it's one that I haven't seen a hundred times before. So I've never read, actually I have read a novella that's set at a Ren Fair, but I haven't read many romance books that are set at a Ren Fair, and it's a setting that I personally don't know a whole lot about. Um, so that is fun for me. Um, Mom, can you think of any other settings that have kind of been like notable for you or oh, have sold you? Well, I like, like I like ones. I don't know why this is a thing for me. I like ones like on a ship. Uh, where they're on a ship for the good chunk well, of the book. Force proximity. That's yes, why I like it. That's true. And that's true. and I wrote that down because ones that have to do with the trope that I like will help sell it. So like stranded in a cabin, ding, <laughs> ding. You know, I, on a ship. Yeah, that's that's a good one. Um, I of of some books that we featured on the show. I wrote down a Highlander walks into a bar, which is set at the Highland Games, which. That really that was, fun. was a fun setting. We need one done at Comic-Con. We need a, a, a romance book oh, set at Comic-Con. Yes. There has to be that. In fact, I'm sure that exists. I'll have to look into that. That would be fun. And I think of the nights we spent outside, sleeping outside, uh, <laughs> on the sidewalk. <laughs> yeah, there, that's, that's prime for a romance. Yes. That's got romance book written all over Listen, it. I, I will just say, if you've ever been to, like, San Diego Comic-Con in particular, there are more, like, cute guys there than you would think. Am I wrong? No. You're not wrong at all. Yeah. There was I a mean, lot of cute guys at Comic-Con. Well, there's celebrities. We ran into celebrities. Oh, uh, yeah. That. But also just, like, other attendees. There was people, a lot of cute so. guys there. Um, I wrote down Waiting for Tom Hanks. I liked the whole, like, movie Movie set set. and rom-com set. Um, And then I wrote down Earthbound, which I think is a good example of a setting that I haven't seen a hundred times before. So Earthbound is the one that's set during the... In the 60s at the Space Center. Um, And I, I liked that a lot. So I think, yes. So if I can get a book that... As much as I, okay, so like a setting, a setting is never going to like completely deter me, but a a book set in a boardroom is not going to be an instant draw for me because I've seen that a lot. But Hating Game is, you know, a corporate publishing house book that I've seen that setting many times, but I still freaking love that book. So it's never (laughs) going to be, that's, a setting is never going to deter me, but I think a setting an interesting and uh, unique setting is always going to be more of a selling point than than just, you know, a, one set in a city or whatever, you know. Right, right. Um, 
And they, I also think like your, uh, your affinity for settings can change. When I was a teenager and I was all about those like lit, those chick lit books, I would read like on the back cover, like Josie is a, you know, working girl in London. And I was like, ding, thank you. That's all I need to know. Working girl in (laughs) London, you got me. Um, So like any like English, England set book was like my bread and butter when I was a teenager. Um, But now, and I think like really I liked city books when I was a teenager. Um, But now I'm much more into like, a small town or something like that. That's more like what I, what I drive, what I drift towards nowadays is the small town settings. Um, and I also think there's something to be said for a setting that is familiar to you. That's always going to be intriguing. So like, I always like the ones that are set in Northern California, which is where I, mom and I both grew up. Um, well, and the Jill Shalvis books I always enjoyed because they yeah. take place in Northern California, places well, like that. And, um, and the Virgin River was kind Virgin of fun River. because it was talking about a lot Is of places. Is it Helen Wong that writes about, um, who writes about like Palo Alto and, and that area? Yeah, was, Helen Wong. Yeah. Has all that. Um, yeah. And so like any of those Northern California I like, um, and I've read some that are set in Austin, Texas, which is fun for me, too, because I also lived there for a while. <laughs> and, like, the L.A. ones are kind of fun for me because I lived well, we in L.A. We read those Mariana Zapata books, and I'm like, Ellen, go find this street where all these hot guys live. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. <laughs> you live in Austin? Go there. <laughs> Austin was also pretty good for, for the hot guy ratio, I, I will just say. Um, but, yeah, so, I mean, I think that the setting... I think first and foremost, it needs to be something that's unique and different. That's going to be. Um, and then after that, it's ones that are attached to tropes that you like, ones that are familiar to you. Well, and when you talk about historicals, we've talked before about when we went to England, we had to go to all these places that were settings for our books, like Hyde Park. and Yeah. And well, Ma- this because our tr- England trip was pre-mom reading romance. I had, I had not read any and romance And so we d- mainly did a lot of like Jane Austen sites and things like that but then when we were in places because mom and I went on like a bus tour in London and we drove past the the bride church where uh in romancing Mr. Bridgerton and I like was all geeking out and mom was like and I was trying to explain to mom I'm like this is like a pinnacle moment in one of my favorite books and, <laughs> and she's I'm like, like okay, okay crazy calm down <laughs> But now I've read it and I'm like, let's go back. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Um, But and then like when we were in Hyde Park, I was like, oh, so many romance books are set here. I love this. (laughs) The Serpentine. How many books have we read where they're riding horses around the Serpentine? (laughs) Yeah. So, um, yeah. So I would love to hear from y'all because I do think that the setting thing is is unique to the person. So I would love to hear um, you know, from any of you on settings that stand out to you um, that are going to be instant sell for you or ones that you've particularly liked. And please let us know if there's a Comic-Con book because um, I we would both love to read that <laughs> for personal reasons. Maybe you need to write one, Ellen. There you go. Uh, yeah, I think I have actually thought about that before. Um, okay. Any other things to say on settings, Mom? 
No, Ellen. Um, we've read some really good ones. We have. Speaking of and settings, and I'm just going to throw this out there. I just went this week and saw Little Women, the movie Little Women. Yeah, and she went and saw it without me. Don't get me started. <laughs> and there are just some beautiful scenes of New England in that. And it was, I highly recommend it if you haven't seen it. Yeah, I I want to. I was thinking about going to see it this weekend, but I chose to sleep instead. Um, so thanks so much for joining us again. If you would like to join us for the All the King's Men duet by Kennedy Ryan, yep, both books in one week on January twentieth. You can subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, and wherever your favorite podcasts are sold for free. You can also find us on Twitter and Instagram at Not Your Mom's Rum, or on Facebook or Goodreads, or email us at Not Your Mom's Romance Book Club at gmail.com. Don't forget to re- leave a review on any of your preferred uh, podcast places uh, because it helps the show and we just love to read them. Uh, thanks, Mom. Hopefully I sound better in the next one. Thank you, Ellen. I hope you, I hope you feel better in the next one, too. Thanks, Mom. Because uh, then maybe you'll actually write up the description instead of reading we'll it see. back. We'll don't, see. Don't hold me to that. All right. <laughs> see you then. Bye. Bye. Not Your Mom's Romance Book Club is part of the Frolic Podcast Network. You can find more outstanding podcasts to subscribe to at frolic.media slash podcasts.